Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text is the gospel lesson today, but I want to focus on those opening two verses where it says, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. Who are these guys? These magi, these wise men, these astrologers who, who really show up out of nowhere from an eastern land to worship a newborn king. Speculation would say that they came from ancient Babylon, probably connected with some of the remnants of the Jews who stayed in Babylon after the dispersion, and after they were allowed to go back to Israel, some stayed, which might mean that they could have been influenced by Daniel, the one who had interpreted dreams and signs for King Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon. It may have been Daniel's faith and trust in the one true God during this time, which might suggest that these wise men might have known the prophecies of Scripture concerning a Messiah, a Savior, a King. Because Daniel was a devoted Jew who was not willing to compromise his faith no matter what. Remember the lion's den? Remember the three guys in the fiery furnace? They were not about to compromise their faith and they stood strong in their faith. Maybe this is what endured. You see, God had a plan. Have you ever wondered why certain things happen and certain things don't happen? Some people like to call it karma. Some call it luck. Some just say, well, that's just the way it's supposed to be. We as Christians know better, don't we? We don't trust in luck or karma because we know, we believe, we confess in a God who has power over all things, who is sovereign, who is majestic in all things. You and I know, and all of Christianity know or should know, that the Lord our God is in control. His word cannot be destroyed. It cannot be negated. So whatever is happening here in Matthew chapter 2 is of God's doing. His plan. His word is being fulfilled just as it has been told down throughout the centuries. From Adam to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob to David through the prophets and being witnessed on that day when the wise men came and asked, Where is this newborn king of the Jews? For we have come to worship him. God had a plan. It's pretty awesome when you think about it, isn't it? 
God's plan? Daniel's influence through his faith in the one true God 600 years before these wise men showed up in Bethlehem, 600 years before this, before this journey was made and before this question was asked, the Lord had already set this in motion. And you know, it's even better and greater and deeper than that. I want to take you on a little side trip back to the early Old Testament, back to Numbers chapter 24. This is some 800 years before Daniel. We're talking now 1,400 years before the birth of Jesus. This is the account of Balak, who is the king of Moab. And he could see the, the nation of Israel coming through his area. They had left Egypt. They had been released from Egypt. And they were looking and they were going to the promised land. And the king looked out and he saw them and he was fearful of them. And so he seeks out Balaam, who is a seer, a sorcerer, an astrologer, a wise man, but in no way a believer in the one true God nor was he a God-fearing man. But he is called on by the king to curse, to put a curse on the nation of Israel. And what happens as a result can only be called a miracle of God's making. The Lord uses Balaam to bless Israel, not to curse it. He uses Balaam, and, and Balaam issues three times a blessing upon the nation of Israel instead of cursing them, which really displeased the king Balak. And even after Balaam had been threatened by king Balak, he delivers a final message, which is regarded as an early prophecy of the Messiah's coming from Jacob regarding a star and a scepter from Israel. This probably was the prophecy that convinced these wise men of the East to travel to Jerusalem. For as the scriptures say, and we are reminded every night when we look up into the skies, all the heavens declare the glory of the Lord. But I want you to listen to Numbers chapter 24. It says, Then he uttered this oracle, the oracle of Balaam, son of Beor, the oracle of one whose eyes see clearly, the oracle of one who hears the words of God, who has knowledge from the Most High, who sees a vision from the Almighty, who falls prostrate and whose eyes are opened. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star will come out of Jacob. A scepter will rise out of Israel. The point being here, that God can and does use anything and anyone to accomplish his plan. In this case, it was Balaam 
who was already in the employ of King Balak. And God used Balaam to get his message out. His plan of salvation for the nations out there some 1,400 years before it was fulfilled. God had a plan. Now, let's flash forward 1,400 years, sort of like back to the future, to Jerusalem. With the wise men from the east. King Herod hears the news that a king has been born. And a king such as Herod, who was already a paranoid, egotistical, self-appointed ruler under Rome's rule, was really upset. It said he was deeply disturbed. You can only imagine. He sets in motion a plan to find out where this king is. And soon we learn that he plans a mass murder of all the males under two years old to remove any kind of threat to his rule. But God had a plan. And his plan will not be manipulated or thrown off course. It is a plan that includes all nations of all peoples of every age and of every time, including you and me today, and all who are yet to be born. It's a plan of salvation and a plan of hope in the midst of this darkness of sin and death. Go back and look at that Old Testament reading that you heard this morning. That's what Isaiah was talking about. Or go back and read through Paul's writing in the Ephesians. That's what Paul's talking about. This mystery of God. And how he continues to work it out. That it is God's eternal plan for all peoples of all times. God had. God has a plan. So now comes the hard question. What does this plan have to do with me? What does this plan have to do with you today? Jesus Christ, Savior and Lord, has come into this world. Promise made, promise kept. A promise by Almighty God and the Lord of heaven and earth that all who confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus is Lord have an eternal place in God's plan. Plans that begin here. Plans that maybe begin already in you. But certainly plans that can be implemented from this moment on. His plan through you is to be a light in this world. A messenger of hope and salvation. So that all may have an eternity with God in heaven. You and I have a choice. We have a decision. We have a moment before us. Actually, we have that moment every day when we wake up. What are we going to do with our lives today? It's a choice between being a light, a message, a proclaimer of God's word, or going and hiding under a basket. 
I would guess that none of us here is going to make a choice to be like Herod. Although you think about it for a minute. How many people around us, whether at school or at work, or even some of our own relatives and friends, who would just as soon eliminate all this God stuff from any discussion. They would be happy to be rid of Jesus altogether. That's a Herod choice. There are also those words in verse 3 that says, not only was Herod deeply disturbed when he heard this, but all those in Jerusalem. Think about it for a minute. The people of Israel, the, the Jews, the people in Jerusalem were not upset because they had heard this message of a newborn king. They were fearing their lives because of what Herod's reaction may be and how that was going to impact them. And they cowered under his Roman rule. Could this be us today? Are you ever fearful of standing up for the truth of God? For the truth of His Word? Are you ever fearful of holding fast to your faith? Have you ever been fearful of speaking the name of Jesus because you have been told that it is politically incorrect? Or it is insensitive of you to tell others about God's plan of salvation from death and hell through Jesus Christ. Or, can you and I draw strength from God's promise and plan and be like Daniel? And hold fast to our faith and our trust in Almighty God and be a part of His plan, not only for us, but for all who would come to know and trust and believe in Jesus as Savior. Or be like Paul, who even though he was in prison, continues to speak and make plain the blessings of our Lord. Or to be like those today who endure beatings and persecution, even martyrdom, as in China and Indonesia and Turkey, for possessing a Bible or worshiping with other believers. Folks, God has a plan. It's a plan for you and me, for all who believe. And it begins at the cross. It begins at the cross in repentance for our failure to follow Him in all things and in all ways. It is a plan of forgiveness and power through Him to rise up and to shine His name, His power, His word, so that others may know and have the same hope that we have in Christ Jesus. It begins with you. It begins with me. It begins with this congregation and all other congregations who confess Jesus Christ as God's people. The last song that we just sang. O 
Oh, let the harps break forth in sound, our joy be all with music crowned, our voices gladly blending, for Christ goes with us all the way, today, tomorrow, every day. His love is never ending. Sing out, ring out, jubilation, exaltation. Tell the story. Great is he, the King of glory. May it be so in his name and to his glory alone. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which goes beyond our understanding, keep our hearts and minds in the true faith and to life everlasting. Amen.